My Father in heaven, I want to say thank you again so much for us being here. And Lord, we want to invite your divine presence. We want to look at the man Christ Jesus, the humble man from Galilee, the one who we ought to emulate and model our life after. We ask Christ that you may forgive us of our sins, and Lord, also hide me behind the cross. This we ask in Jesus' reverent name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let us turn to the book of Genesis chapters 1. The book of Genesis chapters 1. Genesis chapters 1. Our title of this message is the tainted image, the broken image that God, when he created man, what happened? The broken and tainted image. Because in the beginning, it wasn't broken. It was a perfect place a perfect creation, a perfect man. But we want to see two passages of scriptures before we dive right in to look at this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, can someone read that for me? Genesis 1, 26, with a strong voice. With a strong voice. God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeping upon the earth. So how was man made, according to that text? In the image, and what else? Likeness of God. Now go to chapters 5 of Genesis. And we're going to read the first three verses of Genesis chapters 5. We know what took place in chapters 3, the fall of man. But notice what it says in Genesis chapters 5, reading from verses 1 to 2. Let's just read verse 1 to 2. Someone with a strong voice. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Ah, so notice this. It was not only man that was created, the male figure, but also the female. And what did the Bible call them? Adam. Adam. You notice how in Genesis chapters 2, her name is not Eve. It was after the fall, and there's a reason why. Now, pay close attention. I want us to see this statement taken from inspiration as we'll progress to verse 3. Notice what it says concerning Adam in Education, page 15, paragraph 1. When Adam came forth from the Creator's hand, he bore his physical, mental, and spiritual nature, a likeness to his Creator. God created man in his own image. Genesis 1:27, and it was his purpose that the what? Longer man lived, the more fully he should reveal his image. The more fully reflect the glory of the creator. So in other words, the longer Adam lived, three days, a week, a month, a year, it goes forward, he will reveal more and more of the creator's glory and his character. And notice this. You see the next sentence? All his what? Faculties were capable of development. Their capacity and vigor will continually to increase. That only involves his frontal lobe as well as his passions. Now, let's go to verse 3 of Genesis chapter 5. Notice what the Bible says. And Adam lived a what? A hundred and thirty years and beget a what? 
After his what? After his what? And called his what? Called his name Seth. Question. Whose image and likeness was Seth after? Whose image and likeness was Adam after before the fall? God. Something took place. Something took place. I want you to see something. That when the fall took place, Adam has transmitted to each and every one of us, specifically men, an image and likeness that he possessed that the Creator had no business of dealing with. Another individual came into the picture and placed an image. Now I'm going to show you a quote. I'm going to skip on the next slide, but I want you to see this quote real carefully. Let me see. Mm, okay, got it. I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to go back to this, but I want you to see this statement, right? Notice what it says right here. This is SDA Bible Commentary, Volume 7, page 925, paragraph 1. I'm trying to build a case, and then we're going to look at some studies. The image of what? Satan was upon man, not the image of God. And Christ came that he might bring to them moral power and efficiency. What did man lose in himself when the fall took place, according to this statement? The image of God and his likeness. What is concrete concerning this statement that inspiration says? Moral power and efficiency. What are morals? Tell me, very practical. Virtues. Right, wrong. Exactly, right? What man lost? The ability to choose right over wrong. We're accustomed to do evil and not good. And Christ came to restore that in us. Now, I want us to look at 1 Timothy's chapters 3. Let's go to the book of 1 Timothy's chapters 3. When you have a say amen for me. 1 Timothy's chapters 3. Actually, it's in, uh, excuse me, chapter 6. 1 Timothy's chapters 3. Six. What I'm going to do, as we will progress, because we have inherited a fallen sinful nature, I want you to listen carefully. It is natural for you, natural for you to be accustomed to do things that you were not originally designed to do. What am I talking about? This segment of this study, now we're going to look at why we have trouble being single and satisfied. I remember growing up as when I went through high school, especially in college, everywhere I look, someone was in a relationship. And you know what happened? I wanted to be in a relationship. And when I realized that I was with the wrong girl and things were not gonna work out, I said, you know what, I have to get into another relationship. As a result, and I was a Christian, and I remember when I first came into the message of the understanding of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I still was not happy and satisfied. Now, just to set the record, the terminology single satisfied, it doesn't mean that you have to be single for the rest of your life like Paul did. What it means is that you are in a good position mentally, that you are happy 
and you don't lack anything. Does that make sense? Now, let's go to chapter 6 of 1 Timothy's. Notice what the Bible says, reading from verses 6. Let's read it all together, word by word. It says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Notice what it says, verse 8, And having food and remnant, let us be therewith content. Question, what is content or contentment? Okay, satisfaction. You said, my brother? Not desiring something that you don't have. I want to show you some passages of scriptures. The word contentment or content and how it's utilized, and we're going to go to the original Greek of how it was used in First Timothy. Notice what the Bible says here. In Exodus chapters 2, verse 21, Moses was content to dwell with men, and he gave him Moses, Zipporah, his daughter. He went from Egypt to the plains of the field where shepherds guide their sheep. He was content. Notice what the Bible says here in Luke chapters 3, verse 14. This is John the Baptist addressing the soldiers. The Bible says, And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, What shall we do? And he said unto them, Do no violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Be happy of the salary that you're receiving especially your hourly. Notice what it says, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and what? And be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Notice how this word is used in the Greek. It means self-satisfaction, or contentedness, or sufficiency. And notice what it says, a feeling or showing satisfaction with one's possession, status, or situation. Question, no hand raised. Is there anyone here that fills the area of self-satisfaction? In other words, there is nothing in your mind, no trace of stating that, wow, I wish I really had that. You know what, Lord? If I had a wife, man, I'll be so happy, Lord. I'm doing ministry, etc. Is there anyone here in their hearts? Hey, you're being honest. Yes, my brother. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty content. Uh, I'm very content. Yes. With where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like I, I could do, or I don't believe there's anything wrong for one thing. Maybe right. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that honesty. And you know, I'll tell you this much. We're continually growing, and we'll continue to learn more things about ourselves. But where God wants us to be, we're going to look at where He desires for us to be. Amen? Amen. Now, I want us to see very carefully of this illustration of someone. When you look at yourself in a mirror, this is what you really look at. Because we saw that Adam was made after the image of God after his likeness. But then again, notice this picture right here. What do we see? Okay, a reflection. What else do you see? A broken mirror. Or you might say a broken image. 
or a broken likeness. I'll tell you this much. Ever since I've been doing this study, I did not realize how much men in society are broken, but they are quiet about it. We hear more women that are broken, more women go into depression, but we rarely hear about men being broken and men going through depression. Am I right or am I wrong? Now, I want us to pay close attention to this article I came across. This is Men's Health, and this is November 21, 2017. Being single is harder on men than it is on women. Do you believe that? Notice what it says here on Men's Health. The survey found that 61% of single women reported that they were content on their own. Men, on the other hand, weren't so comfortable. Only 49% said that they were content without a mate. Now notice what it says. The study also found that guys are much more likely to want to partner up with the women. 75% of women said that they hadn't actively pursued finding a partner in that past year compared to 65% of men who said the same. It goes further. Men, on the other hand, have a harder time opening up and without a partner to confine in, they could feel especially uncomfortable. Many men still largely finding it difficult to be what? Open about their what? Do you know what inspiration says about thoughts and feelings? It makes up moral character. What did Jesus want to restore that according to the statement? Bring moral power and efficiency. It goes forward. The absence of a partner could mean that they have no one they can talk with about their issues affecting them. And it goes even further. Uh, Duck told uh, Manish, with this in mind, it is perhaps unsurprising that unattached males struggle to enjoy their single status. Can someone tell me, probably one or two hands, why do you think men have a hard time, according to this article, being single and attachment? Yes. I believe that it's actually innate for a man to desire, as for the scripture, it says that a man shall leave his mother and father. Okay. And leave two shall become one. Yes. So, in, in man, there's this um, desire of nature to seek after a spouse. Hmm. And um, for men who are not converted, it should be, the article should be like that. They should be uncomfortable. Hmm. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Uh, you just quoted the Bible scripture how God said that it's not good, uh, good for men to be alone. But then again, shall a man leave his father, mother's house and cleave unto his wife. So therefore, man was designed to desire a woman, the opposite sex. Okay. That... Okay. I don't know how many men are happy when a woman advances on them. Okay. Because they don't Okay. Okay. Yes. I want to hear that. Jokingly, but the article, just like you said. Yes. Men seek women. Yes. Just like he said mm -hmm. in the scripture. Yes. So the article can't say, oh, women weren't looking for anybody when guys are always coming in. Mm. They're just shooing people off. Mm -hmm. So it's false. Like you said, men, men seek women. Mm -hmm. Women don't really fall out the sky, and that's true. Or just they don't seek men 
the way men seek women. Men okay. seek women, just like he said. And the scripture sums it up, that they cleave in terms of marriage. Right. But by nature, men were after, we, we seek women. Yes, yes, yeah. that's so true. Yes, one more hand. When you look at it uh, biologically speaking, too, if you look at the, the sperm. Yes. Ah, oh, I like that. Over 300 so billion. Yes. Good. Now, I have a question for you. Is there anything wrong being single? Yes. Yes, I know. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helpmate. That just like in Genesis, where God made creation. He made Adam, mm -hmm. and then, you know, he knew Adam, he knew okay. inherently that okay. Adam needed him. Okay, yes or no, is, it, is, there, is there anything wrong being single? No. Listen to the question. No, no, at all. If that's the case, there'll be something wrong with Jesus, because he was single, okay? But, but, but follow through, yes, before I proceed on. Yes. I want us to understand something. There's nothing wrong being single. However, understand this. Is it true that there are things in our lives that's actually creating a habit that I need to be with something? And as a result, it's wrecking our lives that I need, a la I need to fill my desire. Are there things in our lives that's actually creating that? Yes. Without our control, environments that is putting us in pressure and telling us if you are single men therefore you are not a man and you know when i was in school if you didn't have a girlfriend you know what they would say you're a faggot now now granted they would use those terminologies sadly but now i also want to point out something which is even more striking how many of you are on social media by the raise of hands. Facebook, Twitter, etc. Now, I want to pull out this article. I want us to see something very carefully. Notice what it's saying right over here. Pick the brain. Social media is wrecking our lives. Here's how. Notice what it says right over here. Three things. Discontent and comparison. This is what people do a lot, viewing other people's profiles, seeing other pictures. How many likes do I have? Man, no one did put a, no one's actually commenting on my photo. And then it says solicit, soliciting attention, trying to captivate people's attention upon you. Number three, difficulties in getting around in the offline world. Do you know why? Because you are creating a reality that is not true. When people see your photos, and by the way, people are good at doing Adobe Photoshop. I remember one time when MySpace was popular, you know, I met someone online, etc. you know, but I was like, wow, she's pretty. When I met her in person, I was shocked. I'm like, what in the world just happened? Now, that was probably the second to last time I saw her. I was trying to be nice, you know, but etc. But we have to, real we have to realize that the pictures that you're seeing, exactly, some people are photogenic, right? Notice what it says right over here. A new study funded by the National Institute of Health labels social media as one of the major causes of depression. A 298 person, 298 person 
case study at the University of Salford reported that 50% of the participants said that their what? Use of social networks like Facebook and Twitter makes their lives worse. You're on a job, right? And you're, as a male, you're looking at so many different images of women that in reality, the average woman is not like that. In reality, you're creating a picture in your brain that this is the person that I want to meet. So therefore, you put high expectations going life. And as a result, you cannot meet or meet that person. And you know what's even sad? When you meet the person, you meet, man, they don't have the personality. I can't connect with them. And then you see and try to find the next person. And it's a domino effect until you realize you're like literally 60 or 70 years old and you're still unhappy because you're going about life trying to seek happiness in someone else who's in the broken image of Adam. Notice what it says, this next one. Now, I want us to pay close attention to this one because this is crucial. It's not only social media that is affecting us men from seeing who we are and being realistic, but also I found out that something else is affecting us in secret because when we are online viewing profiles, we start to do things in our imagination, and that's called lusting. That is creating images that are not true. Is anyone familiar with the Barner Group, research group? Barner Research Group. It's a Christian organization that does research in regards to different religious groups. But in this research, they actually surveyed, it, it's entitled, they surveyed about 770 pastors. And this is what they found in their research. Notice what it says here. Who is struggling in the church, according to the research? This was done in 2015. Men of all ages and stages, but especially married men, are coming to pastors for help with pornography struggles. Notice what it says right here. Pastors sought help in dealing with porn from their congregation, 59%. Single men, 36%. Teen boys, 33%. And with the women, it's very low, like 5% or 4%. And notice this, these are ministers. It goes even further. Raul, you see where it says right here, daily? Right over here about 8%, and then you have weekly 10%, once, twice a month, about 21%. This is married men. But here, you can see the numbers over here for single men, but I also want you to see this other one. This is teens struggling in the church. More than half of the youth pastors have had at least one teen come to them for help in dealing with porn in the last 12 months. Although teens seeking help are mainly boys, there is still a significant amount of girls seeking help from youth pastors. Notice what it says, in the past 12 months, how many teens have come to you for help in dealing with porn? Notice what it says, 32%. One to, one to five months, it went to 50%. Excuse me, I think that's the uh, age group. And then it goes even further and it gives you 92% of high school boys, 57% of middle school, and with the females, it's 23 and 10%. It's very low. 
You know why I'm showing these figures? I can show you what, how the world is struggling, but in the church, the numbers are no different from the world, but it could be even worse. You know why? You're professing to, to live a life that is not true, and no one sees what you're doing in secret. This is serious. Notice what it says here, church leaders. And by the way, I'm not picking on leaders or pastors. I love them, amen? But I'm just showing you how the men are struggling in this area. Notice what it says. Only 8% of pastors think that a pastor should resign his or her position if he or she is struggling with porn. Most pastors think that he or she should deal with the struggle through counseling or accountability. And notice what it says here. About 82%. The question is, which of the following do you think are usually a good idea when a pastor is struggling with porn? Notice what it says. 82% say find a professional counselor. Number two, 59% says have a group of mature Christians who can hold him accountable. 58% says tell the spouse. I don't think that's going to work. Notice what it says right here. Find a counsel or who is a pastor. And 21% says, tell the elders and deacons and board at the church. Now, I'll tell you this much. It takes a lot of boldness to come up in the front to tell your board members what you're really battling with. Notice this next one. If a church finds out its pastor is using porn, 41% of adult Christians think that pastors should be fired or asked to resign if they are found to be using porn, younger Christians are more likely to take the lieutenant approach. Now, I'll tell you this much. 41% say he should be fired and asked to resign. Now, for the record's sake, sometimes for the sake of the flock, it is important to be able for that individual to step down for a reason, for the sake of the precious minds. Does that make sense? But at times, what I realize is when the women is at fault, we give a lot of mercy and grace to them. But the, when men is at fault, we tend to be a lot harsh and not give grace. Does that make sense? Is it true? And there's a reason why too. Because I want to address something which is crucial, is very crucial. When you're on social media, specifically men, we tend to go on these social media just to look at women majority of the time, especially those that are struggling. And then it will lead to footsteps, possibly, to struggling with pornography. Now, I want to read a statement for you, taken from the pen of inspiration. Every single one of you are Christian men. But we have someone who's trying to take us down, trying to humiliate you and ruin your reputation at all costs. How many of you are in the ministry, by the raise of hand? Any form of ministry, whether it's music, Bible study, etc. Okay, good. I want to read the statement for you and notice what inspiration says here in volumes five of Testimonies for the Church, page 114, paragraph three. Young men, it states, have received the truth and run well for a season. But Satan has woven his meshes about them in unwise attachments and poor marriages. This, is, this he saw would be the most successful way 
he could allure them from the path of holiness. For while some of these youth bore the gospel armor with dignity and grace, you can walk in church and say, man, that brother is powerful. Just as long as the heart and mind were in subjection to the divine will, there was prosperity. But when the eye was diverted from Jesus and attracted to unworthy objects, then it was that self-asserted that sway, that carnal reason overbore wise judgment and integrity. And the Christian armor was thought too heavy to bore by those so young in years, it would do of old experienced soldiers of the gospel, but it was too heavy for the youth. The tempter offered many suggestions calculated to cause inconstancy and vacillation in the Christian course. And I want to share something with you. <clears throat> I realized too that it's not just social media, it's not just going online viewing pornography that's destroying men. There's a key ingredient that's affecting each and every one of us. How many of you, by the raise of hand, were raised in a home where you had both father and mother there? By the raise of hands. Okay. How many of you were in a home? where you had only your mother there? How many of you were there who actually lived in a home where you had only your father there? Okay, how many of you were in a home where neither parents were there? Okay, I appreciate your honesty. I'm gonna share with you a statistic of how important a figure of a male in the home is to a young man. Did you know that within the family circle, the male figure has a greater impact in influencing the wife and the children than any other member in the family? Do you believe that? Do you, the question, uh, my statement was, do you believe that the male figure has a more influence than any other member of the family, the mother and the children. And do you believe that the male figure has a greater influence over the mother as well as the children? And that is yes. There's a reason why. Now, some men may not believe that. They believe that the woman can take care of everything, etc. But I want you to pay close attention to these statistics and show you why this is very, very important. Right here, according to the National Fatherhood of Intuitive, Mississippi, huh? Initiative, thank you. Mississippi has the highest number of children living in father absent homes, 36.2%, followed by Louisiana of 34.4%, and Alabama of 30.7%. This was taken in 2013. There are 2 million single father households versus 10 million single mother households in the United States. Father absence is to blame for many of our most intractable social ills affecting children. The old adage, thank you, uh, correlation does not imply 
uh, causation does not apply to the effects of father absence on children. Notice this next one. It gets even worse. In America, 23.6% of children, which is about 17.4 million, live in a father absent homes in 2014. One in four children live in a home without a dad. Children living in a female headed homes with no spouse present have a poverty rate of 47.6%, over four times the rate of children living in a married couple families. Notice this next one right here. Adolescent boys with absent fathers are more likely to engage in delinquency than dolls with fathers who are present in terms of crime, activity, stealing, etc. Children raised in a father absent home are more likely to experience behavioral problems. 92% of parents in prison are fathers. Notice this next one right here. Compared to pregnant women without father support, pregnant women with father support experience a lower prevalence of pregnancy loss, 22.2% compared to 48.1%. Dad's involvement during pregnancy positively influences health outcomes for mom, dad, and baby. Daughters are less likely to engage in risky sexual behavior when they have consistent contact and a sense of closeness with their dads. Father's involvement in schools is associated with a higher likelihood of a student getting mostly A's. The absence of a biological father contribute to increased risk of child maltreatment. In other words, abuse. Involved dads lead to less distress in toddlers. Do you believe what we just read through? Do you know how serious a father's images in the home? Do you see why in the book of James chapters one, do you know what James says? That true religion and undefiled before God and the father is this to visit the what fatherless and the widows in their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Who is the fatherless? The children who doesn't have a father in the home. Who are the widows? The ones who don't have a man there who was deceased. A man's image in a home has a great influence. And God knows this. And God has great regard for this. So he says, I need you to visit the fathers and the widows. The message of John the Baptist. Malachi chapters 4. What was his message? The Actually the uh, spiritual John the Baptist. In Malachi chapters 4, it speaks of the Elijah coming. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to turn the what? Hearts of the fathers to the children and the children's to the fathers. Do you know why I'm presenting this? There is a great lack of men connecting with their fathers. Fathers connecting with their sons. You see this picture right here? Father-son relationship. 
If you live in a home with your mother, your mother cannot teach you on how to become a man. Period. I don't care what nobody says. A mother cannot teach you how to be a man. <clears throat> Only a father can. You know why? Because the father has attributes in his character that you possess that he can transmit to you naturally. Leadership, security, and protection. <clears throat> that is your role when you become a man and you have a home of your own. A man naturally can exhibit authority. You know why? Because it's instilled in him. For a boy who does not see that, you know what's going to happen? He's going to try to look for it for somewhere else. That's why he gets involved with gangs. That's why he gets involved into societies. Or you can say secret societies. So they can cope with each other. And you know what they do too, men? Men who didn't have a father in their homes... They are more likely, right, to get in a relationship with women. You know what they do? All of a sudden, when things didn't turn out the way they expected, they break up with the woman and they cause more damage. You know why? I'll give you a quick example how serious this is. I have a friend of mine. Actually, before I go there, I want to share my experience. I love my father so much. My parents, I grew up with my parents. You know, I'm Haitian and Cuban, and the culture is very strict. My father, I remember, it was because of him, he woke up early in the morning, my brother and my sisters, to have devotion with us. And you know what he did? He would always make sure that we read the Bible. He always makes sure we went over the scripture memory verse. But I'll tell you this much, in church, if you see him, he was not like one of the most spiritual guys in the context of who knew his Bible, etc. But if you came to the home, he had the house in order. He was very strict. And it came to a point in my experience as a child, I came to the point of hating my father because how strict he was. I grew up in Queens, New York. Why I can't go outside and play basketball with the other guys? Why I can't come home late at 12 p.m.? Or excuse me, 12 a.m. I was constantly going back and forth. Why I can't watch TV? Why we don't have cable, pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera. You know what happened? Once I got to high school, I got influenced. Whatever they say, I took it at its word. But whatever my father said, I did not take it at its word. Then college came. Oh, boy. The incarceration chains are not less loose, if you understand what I mean. College really opened my eyes because I realized the responsibility and accountability that I needed to possess. How many of you have went away from college to a university out of state? Sometimes when you're out of state without your parents' guidance, now you have the choice to do whatever you want. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll never forget this because we have about a few minutes and we're going to transition to another study where I'm going to share how important it is. <clears throat> I remember <clears throat> I met this young lady, non-believer. I just got into the everlasting gospel. This was about 12 years ago. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> 
she wanted to be in a relationship with me. And I said to myself, in a relationship, I don't want to be in a relationship. In my mind, I didn't know what a relationship was. We were in a bench and we sat down and she says, I need to ask you a question. I was like, okay, go for it. And she says, can you make love to me? And I was like, what? Yeah, make love to me. And right when she said that, the Holy Spirit whispered in my ears, you're about to go into Bible study tomorrow night. You just gave your life to Jesus. <clears throat> Be very careful. Now, I just want to give you a, a, a backdrop fine print. My good brother, who I love dearly with all my heart, my mentor, he's actually sitting right here. He warned me about this young lady I was messing with. You know, I just came into, I was trying to understand who Christ was. I gave my life to Christ. And the Holy Spirit sends people warnings in your life. And then she insisted and insisted. And I also want to tell you something about myself. I used to work at the gym. I used to be a fitness coach. I used to weigh about close to 205 pounds in muscles. And she was like about 5'3", 120. My brothers, I'll tell you this, I'll never forget. When I said why, she, we, we were standing up. We, we actually, we, we sat down, we stood up, and I was like, why? Like, in my mind, I was trying to avoid it, because I knew it was wrong. And literally, she took me by the hand, she took me by my shirt, and she threw me on the bench and jumped on top of me. I felt like I was powerless. I literally felt the power of Satan. It was strong. I said to myself, oh my goodness. And literally in my mind, you know what happened? A flash, the Holy Spirit brought my father in my mind. Everything that he did for me, how he was trying to lead me. He warned me. And you know, he was counseling me of be careful with women, etc., and so forth like that, you know, and that, that came to my mind. And I knew in my mind, I didn't want to disgrace my father, more specifically, my heavenly father. You know what happened? It was so strong, I could not let go or resist. The Holy Spirit said, yell in the name of Jesus. The Spirit was pressuring me, yell in the name of Jesus. You know what I did? What, what do you think I did? <laughs> Hello? And literally, when I did that, she got off of me. And she looked at me and was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, praise the Lord. And I ran. And when I ran, she was shocked, like, what's wrong? Where are you going, Eugene? And then I met up with my other friends and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my goodness. In my mind, you know what I was thinking of? The betrayal of Christ as well as my father. My father was in my life. There was a lot of things in my life I thank God I did not get myself involved in. For example, now there were mistakes I've made in my life. I'm not going to deny it, but there were permanent damages such as, you know, getting into drugs or being arrested as a black man <clears throat> or getting tattoos, you know, of those various things. But there were mistakes I made, but my father, he literally imprinted in my mind, do not forget your integrity as a man, 
Do not forget that you are made after the image of God and you are a son of God. Counsel after counsel. And it was because of that, there were mistakes that I avoided. And what we're going to do is we're going to pause right here and we're going to go to uh, chapters two of our study. And we're going to transition on counsel that God gives to men because the Bible shows that a father counseled a young man in scripture. And you know who that father was? It was Solomon. He counseled his son concerning beware of the strange woman. But also too, you know what we're going to look at? In order for you to beware of the strange woman, because we have to also understand who we are as men and our responsibility, not only before society, but in the home. Those three things. Beware of the strange woman, understanding who you are and your responsibility. Was everything clear? Amen. Amen. So let us close out with a word of prayer and then we'll take a break and we'll jump right in. Amen. So let's pray. My Father in heaven, Lord, I would like to say thank you again so much for us, Lord, seeing the things that are really affecting us men, but also, Lord, seeing the impact that we leave in families, children. Father, only the gospel can stop this domino effect. We ask that we can seriously take heed to the council as responsible individuals. Be with us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.